Happy Wednesday, happy hump day, happy post-win day for the Seattle Kraken. We are going to talk about the 5-2 victory in Edmonton. We know Maddie Beneers wanted revenge, and I think more or less the Seattle Kraken got it. We're going to break down the game. We're also going to talk about what does it mean to be a lunch pail team and get you ready for USA versus Canada in the World Juniors. That's all coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? I hope you're feeling great this Wednesday after a really significant win on the road against Edmonton. That's right, our Seattle Kraken. They get the 5-2 victory over the Oilers. Here is a recap, just in case you didn't see it on social media, of my immediate post-game response to the win. Word of the night for Seattle, response. We talked about it. Matty Beneers wanted to see the Seattle Kraken essentially return the favor at home to Edmonton. They do that with a 5-2 win. My name is Erica L. Ayala. I am your host of Locked on Kraken. The Seattle Kraken went down two goals to the Edmonton Oilers. Martin Jones in net for the Kraken. He starts after Grubauer got pulled. Well, the Seattle Kraken respond. Five unanswered goals to win this game, including back-to-back goals by Yanni Gord and uh, Jared McCann. Excuse me. We saw fantastic play, disciplined play by Seattle. And another response, even though they took more penalties than I thought was comfortable in the third, they were able to manage the PK. There was a Coach's challenge, that was a critical point in the game. So all in all, this is the determination that we want to see from the Seattle Kraken moving forward. And I'm very glad to see that it starts on this long road trip. More to come on this and more on Wednesday's edition of Locked on Crack. All right. Well, you heard about it. Just to clean up a few things, I misspoke uh, or I wanted to clarify. Grubauer did not start this game. Martin Jones did. When I referred to Grubauer getting pulled, I meant that last atrocious game that we had against Edmonton at Climate Pledge Arena. But speaking of goalies being pulled, we we actually did see a goalie swap. We talked about it the other day before the last Edmonton game. We have uh, Campbell and Skinner for the Edmonton Oilers. We got Campbell the other day. We got Skinner to start last night and had an 800 save percentage, uh, let up a, a power play goal and was 16 pushed aside 16 of 20 shots. Um, so Skinner gets pulled in this game. So there was a little bit of uh, symmetry, if you will, the score, obviously we did not run up the score like Edmonton did on us, but we got the win. That's important. A few other things also talking about the response goals. Now, Jared, Yanni Gord and Jared McCann did score back to back, but I wanted to refer to the Beneers 
Schwartz back to back. The the Schwartz goal doesn't count as a power play goal, but he uh the Seattle Kraken had a delayed penalty. Maddie Beneers did get a power play goal. He got his 12th goal of the season, assisted by Sprung and Schultz. That came at the 442 mark in the second period. And then Jared. Jaden Schwartz, excuse me, scored at 5.15, assisted by Beneers and Larson. Ten players, ten different skaters for the Seattle Kraken scored at least or recorded at least a point in this game. We talked about Larson, his point streak. He now matches Eberle. He said, I don't, I don't really care about that. But what he also said is that he felt that it was the type of effort that this team needs. He said it was good to get rewarded for playing hungry. And I think that there is something to that. Now the Seattle Kraken did get the win, but it took five unanswered goals to get there because in the first period at the 1242nd mark, uh, 1247 mark on the power play, the Seattle Kraken give up a goal. Um, that's Ryan Nugget Hopkins. And then Connor McDavid, 48 seconds into the second period, catches Carson Soucy flat-footed. I think it's uh, it was Emerald City Hockey that had a screenshot of that. It's like you know, and this is the moment when I, you know, I'm I'm adding a little bit to it, but that's that's what it reminded me of. It's like, and this is the moment I knew. So, defensive positioning is still something that the Seattle Kraken need to work on. I do think that they played a relatively more disciplined game. We heard from Dave Haxel after the game. Some of the things that he was saying is that he felt that the team was sloppy with the puck in the first 10 minutes. We're going to hear from Yanni Gord later. He had a little bit of a different interpretation of the first period. The thing that both agreed on is that the checking for the Seattle Kraken was good. We've talked about it before on the show. We are our best when we have a strong forecheck in particular, but when we're checking throughout in all three zones. That's how the Seattle Kraken have to play. Uh, Dave Haxtell also talked about um, Ellie Tolvanen, and this was his second start or his second consecutive game. He was in the lineup. Morgan Geeky was the odd forward out. This is what Dave Haxtell had to say about Ellie Tolvanen, a good, solid two-way player. He can play on the wall, and he's willing to play defense. You know that was music to my ears. But I think that is the all-in, the buy-in that we need from all Seattle Kraken players. He also said that uh, he felt Ellie Tolvanen had really good hockey sense and that he's good at executing. Dave Haxtell alluded to there were things, little plays here and there, as is the case with most everyone, where he wanted to identify for Ellie, like, all right, this is this is what we do here, or this is uh, what I'd like you, what I'd like to see next time. And he said that Ellie Tolvanen is good at executing on those things in real time. He can take that feedback and that he's good at staying with it. And these are all qualities. Now I'm not liking Ellie Tolvin and two Maddie Beneers as far as, um, well, a lot of things, their situation is different and, and the like, but a lot of these characteristics I often say about Maddie Beneers. And it's not that other Seattle Kraken players don't have that, but do they have the consistency? Can they shift to shift, get better? That's something that Maddie Beneers has in spades. And he 
it was a pretty critical part of this win. But coming up next, as I as promised, we're going to hear from Yanni Gord, and we're going to talk about this lunch pail team idea. It seems that Yanni Gord and maybe even Piper Shaw are a little bit confused as to what lunch pail means. It is definitely an old school term. Uh, you know, we know Dave Haxtell grew up on a farm, right? That was on the broadcast last night, his whole upbringing. And that explains a lot about him, including why he would use a term like lunch pail. We'll get into it. That's coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken. This episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by Bet Online. You know we talk about Bet Online all the time here because you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. We're talking football, basketball, and of course, the men's National Hockey League right on betonline.net. We went over it yesterday, but again, there's been some movement in the Calder Memorial Award. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. If you love sports betting, you love sports podcasts, you can find it all at Bet Online. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. You can head to the website using your mobile device, your laptop, desktop, whatever you got. Bet Online is where the game starts. And please remember to do so responsibly. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. I am so thrilled to have you here. Thank you also for those who reached out to let me know that Lumen Field and T-Mobile not considered on the same complex, even though they literally are a baseball throwaway. Uh, I didn't think so, but I'm glad we got that sorted. Uh, I've done that walk between a, a time or two heading to a Mariners game. So, um Anyway, that was just a little a little nugget. I appreciate those who reached out and commented on YouTube. Remember, you can find us on YouTube, but we're not the only place. We're not the only podcast as a part of the Locked On podcast network that focuses on hockey. And I want to make sure that after you make Seattle the Locked On Kraken podcast your first listen, that you check out Locked On NHL Prospects again. We're going to have a lot of data to talk about coming off of World Juniors, We'll talk about World Juniors in a minute. And so these prospects, these potential draft picks, first rounder, second round, third, fourth, whatever's going on, you can listen to Locked on NHL Prospects with Hadi Kalakesh. We've had Hadi on the show a handful of times, just like myself. He's all in on Maddie Veneers and has some very intriguing insights on Shane Wright. And we are definitely going to talk to Hadi again once we see the final results of World Juniors. Again, we'll talk about that later on the show. Let's get back to this Seattle Kraken team. A lunch pail team. Does anyone know? Question of the day. What is your definition of a lunch pail team? Well, we've heard Dave Haxtell use the term in the last handful of days a time or two. And so I loved that Piper Shaw, our very own Piper Shaw, asked Yanni Gord about it. And here's what Yanni had some to redemption say. over this opponent and, and in this way. Absolutely great. Uh, great feeling. Um, great to come out uh, with the, the win here in, in their building. Um, yeah, I thought uh, we played very well. After the last game, Hack said that you guys need to play like you're a lunch pail team. What does that mean to you? No idea. <laughs> Fair enough. I think it's a comment on depth and yeah, the depth of your team. But. Sure. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't pick that one up. Sorry. 
<laughs> I love it. He's like, I have no idea. Um, so a lunch pail team. We've heard this from Dave Haxtell. My interpret of, interpretation of lunch pail. And for those of you who are joining for the first time, first, first and foremost, welcome. Make sure you are subscribed. Check out YouTube. We have a lot of fun stuff up on YouTube. Um, I'm a little old school. I'm also from New York. And so when you see the build, you see pictures of like the Empire State being built or the Brooklyn Bridge, you know, this is like turn of the century. Well, the last century, because we're in a new one. Anyway, uh, going into the 20th century, you see uh, there were men. Um, you see men hanging on these beams that they have just, uh, you know, over time erected to make these massive skyscrapers. And they're sitting in overalls with a hat, and then they have their lunch pail right next to them. Grabbing a sandwich, probably have a thermos or something to have something to drink. That's what I know as lunch pail. That's the image that I get of lunch pail. If you are a mining town, I mean, uh, you know, I'm in Tulsa right now, uh, so not coal mining, but drilling. The type of workers that you see as lunch pail workers, their overalls, they are, their faces get sooty and mucked up and they bring their lunch and they sit down on a beam somewhere and, and they just eat their lunch humbly. And then if you modernize it a little bit, when I was growing up, there were, you know, a handful of things that were acceptable. Were you a lunch money kid or were, did you bring your own lunch kid or were you super fancy and did you get to leave campus? This is more like a high school thing. And like go to McDonald's or the pizza place or now I guess do you like Uber Eats your lunch? So the idea and the concept over time of being lunch pail has been synonymous with hardworking, uh, with a determined kind of overcoming the struggle type of thing. So yeah, the Seattle Kraken are a lunch pail team. And we know that when they're at their best, they're buying in, they're all in on being a lunch pail team. Being a lunch pail team, you don't pity yourself. You don't look at someone else's lunch and say, oh, you know, I wish I had that. You don't see someone else's lunch on a Monday and then by Wednesday you're like, ooh, let me see if I can make this at home to make it look fancy like that. You are content with your lot in life you stick to your guns and all of the other noise around you doesn't matter. You're a lunch pail person. And yes, this team at their best is a lunch pail team. They put in the work, as Adam Larson said, you know, you don't care. He didn't give a crap that, you know, he had a record or was tied with Everly. He said, it doesn't matter. We need everyone to contribute. And I'm glad I'm speaking as Adam Larson here, paraphrasing. He said that I'm glad that we got rewarded. You want your just due as a lunch pail person. You don't need to be fancy, but you also want to know people are recognizing the hard work. So that's my interpretation of lunch pail. And you know what? Let's go back to Yanni Gord because there's actually something that he says at the end of his media availability that really, in my opinion, characterizes lunch pail. Maybe he didn't uh, recognize the term, but he actually talked about what being lunch pail uh, is all about and the aspects and attributes that you embody if you are a lunch pail squad. So let's go back to Yanni Gord. Uh, confidence is uh, is uh, a weird thing, I think. Um, it, it comes and goes, and I, I don't think we should be too worried about that. I think it's like finding the right balance between basically just having a good game, trying to take a step. Um, 
after Christmas, uh, every game is going to get tougher and tougher. Uh, every opponent you're going to face are going to be um, better structurally. Uh, you're going to have to fight your way to the net, fight your way to for each goal, and um, and I I mean that that's what creates confidence. I think it's just the way we play. It's it's not a matter of winning or or losing. I think at this point it's just a matter of of doing the right thing over and over again and uh, finding those uh, those uh, those goals and those uh, those plays and feeling like you're you're doing something uh, good out there. So that's Yanni Gord, and he's talking about confidence can be a funny fickle thing, right? Don't we all know it in life? Certainly in hockey. But what he's talking about is, again, it's not about the wins and losses that help with the confidence. It's about doing the work, being lunch pail, knowing that you are within inside your best capabilities. You're playing within your game. I love that from Yanni Gord. And you saw, um, you know, earlier in that clip, he's talking about finally getting a goal. We've talked about Yanni Gordon and how important it is to get him activated. You also saw he had a busted lip, took a high stick. That was one of the less exciting or less, um, you know, lunch pail parts of the game. There was a four minute penalty that Seattle could not convert on, you know, nothing. It was not all perfect. And Dave Hack still said that there was nothing spectacular about this game, but they did get the win again, lunch pail. It's not fancy. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. But uh, again, the own own response goal is totally a thing here for the Seattle Kraken this year. Allison Lucan for her uh, instant post-game analysis, writes about it. And she says that when own own goals has happened, the Seattle have a record of 6-3-0. She also talked about it on the post-game. I love that. Um, quality start for Martin Jones, not a quality start on the side of Edmonton. That's not surprising. Now, <clears throat> Edmonton had more chances, but Seattle really limited them to um, low quality shots, as Allison says here. The post game analysis also gets into the 10 skaters that had a, a collected a point. So, overall, a solid game. This is a building block. This is something that, again, not momentum. We know that Dave Haxtell doesn't like the term momentum, but this is the determination that you want to see from this team. Yanni Gord also talked about it. Moving through December and beyond, nothing is going to come easy. Nothing is going to come easy. Bring your lunch pail, get to work, go home, live to see another day. And so, uh, you know, I, I like where we're at. There are definitely some things to clean up, but I'm not worried. You know, the question that Dave Hack still asked, are we going to be the team that's willing to elevate our game and do what is required to continue to have the success that we had early in the season. That's the question that he asked. He didn't he wasn't questioning if his team had that capability. He was questioning if they were going to seize the moment and take the opportunity to do this now and not wait for some you know free agency, not wait for the draft, not wait for the trade deadline. Is the team going to work with their lunch pail and do everything that they can? And I think we're starting to get an answer. Will it be consistent enough? That's another question. Like Dave Haxtell, I don't doubt that we have the capability, but we've seen inconsistencies and inconsistencies are going to happen, but it's got to be habits that are cleaned up. And so again, for me, 
The big glaring habits that are the most inconsistent are the defensive breakdowns. We're still, in my opinion, not talking about that enough when it comes to Seattle. And I don't know how that's going to bode well for a team that should we make the playoffs this year is going to stay in the playoffs this year. But we'll talk about that as the season progresses. Coming up next on Lockdown Kraken, let's get you ready for puck drop on the semifinals for World Juniors, where, of course, Captain Canada, our very own Shane Wright, and the Canadian team will take on USA. We also have a really good matchup, Czechia and Sweden. That one's probably coming up soon by the time this episode goes up. We'll talk about that coming up on Locked on Kraken. I want to thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. I appreciate those who have been listening from the beginning on the audio platform. Took us a little bit to get up and running on YouTube, but we are there as well. If any of this has resonated with you, whether it's talking lunch pail or getting into the nitty-gritty of defense, I hope that you will subscribe either on your audio platform or over on YouTube. That helps make sure that we are monetizing this program and gives us more resources as we move forward because, hey, baby, Locked on Kraken is going to be hitting the road. We should catch up with the Kraken as they make their way to the East Coast. And, of course, we got to get ready for the Winter Classic coming up in just under a year. But for right now, we're going to switch gears from NHL and we're going to talk a little bit about prospects. Remember, don't forget, Locked on NHL prospects should be your second listen of the day. You can hear a little bit more about some of these teams and the players that make them run. All right, we've got the semifinals coming up. That's today. We have Czechia versus Sweden. That's the afternoon game. And then the United States, Canada later tonight. I will give you the times Eastern Standard Time and then also Pacific Time. So you've got the Czechia-Sweden game. That's 11.30 Pacific Time, 2.30 Eastern. And everyone else, like me, you can figure it out from there. So it's uh, 1.30 in uh, in Central. Anyway, um, that's going to be a good one. I want to read a little bit from um, the – this is a write-up – after the Czechia game, um, they played, let me make sure I get this right. So Czechia, yeah, Czechia played Switzerland and they defeated them nine to one. The Sweden-Finland game was really tight. Talked about it a little bit yesterday, but now Czechia looking for a little bit of revenge, this story from the IAHF says, and I'll pull it up here for those watching on YouTube. And of course, as always, you can check the show notes if you want to read the article. But the article says Czechia looking for revenge. Now, why is that? Because the only loss that they have in this tournament is to Sweden. Now, there is momentum. Again, a word that our coach doesn't like talking about, but is very uh, commonplace in sports. Czechia has been a dominant force for much of the tournament, while Sweden got to the semis by the very narrowest hair on their chinny-chin-chin. By rights, Finland should have won their quarterfinal game. But guess what? They didn't. The Swedes pulled a miracle out of a hat and made it through. So already there's drama. There's drama in this game. And then the article goes on to say that these are also two very different teams. If I had to use the term of the, of the episode, lunch pail, Sweden's the lunch pail team. Czechia is the new kid on the block. Uh, they are playing a dynamic hockey game. 
And by that, I mean Czechia as a federation. So including all of their juniors teams, their women's national team that made it to the Olympics for the first time, Czechia wants to play. They want to use their speed and their skill to absolutely suffocate their opponents. And you know what? That's really exciting when you play up against a Sweden team. And for those who watch women's football or soccer, you know that Sweden is a hunkered down type of team in that element. And it's the same more often than not on the hockey side of things too. At least I'm going by the the world juniors and the women's tournament. It's so funny how countries kind of have a style, right? Anyway, I I nerd out about this stuff. Can you tell? Um, This is going to be a good matchup. So I know a lot of you are going to want to watch USA Canada, but if you get a chance either to watch live or to watch the replay of this, the highlights, I recommend it. I will be watching this this afternoon. I am so excited that my schedule opened up so that I can watch this game because it's going to be dynamic. And whether you are rooting for Canada or the United States to move on, you are going to want to see how to break down these two teams because it's it's a, it's a going to be fascinating. That leads me to, of course, the 6 p.m. 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. So that's 3.30 Pacific time game between the United States and Canada. Both teams have stumbled in this tournament. They also have come out like a bat out of hell in this tournament. We've seen the scores all over the place for both of these squads. And of course, you want to talk about drama. It does not get more dramatic than the United States, Canada. Now, maybe we're not talking high level drama like on the women's side, but this is still critical. The United States, I mentioned this the other day, 11 11 goals against Germany. We saw Canada run up the score. They had an 11 spot earlier in the tournament, but it took an overtime situation against Slovakia for Canada to even make it to the semifinals in the world juniors that they're hosting. Oh my goodness. The drama. It's just, I love it. I have said it before. Some people probably stop following me during international tournaments, but I'm here for the drama. I am not committed to rooting for either my country or the north that north american countries overall in these tournaments because i think there's so much happening at the ihf level that is exciting that gets overshadowed anyway what am i expecting from this game the team that is both more disciplined and to the point i made about czechia can play their game will win this And I know some of you think defense is for nerds. Well, defense just might get the winning team into the gold medal game, whereas the team that is willing to relent and just be super fancy and, you know, not be disciplined, two Ds, double double Ds. We're going with the two Ds for this one, discipline and defense. The team that does that is going to win this game and go to the gold medal match. Either way, This is going to be heartbreaking. There are going to be so many hot takes about these young players. And does this potentially change what we think about some of these prospects, either that have already been drafted or are on the board in the years to come? I think it's tough, but it's certainly something that should be a part of the consideration. So there's a lot at stake from both of these squads. I would argue more so at least for the future prospects, then, um, you know, I'm, I was going to take that back. It's going to be a little bit tougher from a media perspective, in my opinion, 
for the North American players, but the the um, stakes are high for all of these prospects. And there might even be a player or two between these four teams that is able to increase their stock. So can you tell I'm excited? I haven't always watched World Juniors. I know this is a really exciting tournament, and I think the buzz is overplayed in some ways. But if you get down to the pure hockey, I liken World Juniors and other junior tournaments kind of like I think of NCAA basketball, particularly on the men's side. It's fast. It's furious. You know people are going to make mistakes. But do they have what it takes to be the lunch pail team that despite all of their mistakes and their shortcomings is going to dig deep within the depths and come up with a win? That's why these tournaments are exciting. That's why March Madness is exciting. And that's why on any given NBA, or if we're being honest, some NHL teams NHL games, I think to a lesser extent, I do think you get a little bit more lunch pail games on a regular basis in the NHL than the NBA, my opinion. NFL is a whole nother beast. That's what makes sports exciting to me. And if you and I are kinfolk in that way, then you should be watching World Juniors. No, they have not sponsored this podcast, although at this point, maybe I should ask for a check because I feel like I did a really good job hyping it up. Either way, Shane Wright is our prospect. I think he's had an okay tournament. He definitely has showed me that he can set his teammates up. And that goes back to that lunch pail mentality that maybe we're seeing from Ellie Tolvanen and certainly from Maddie Beneers. I've seen a little bit more of that in his game than I personally have ever witnessed. I've heard about his game, but I hadn't seen it for myself. So I'll be keeping a keen eye on what Shane Wright is going to do, and we'll talk about it. And we should have Hadi on the show in the next week or so to break down World Juniors. That's our show. It was jam-packed. Hopefully now you know, at least to me, what it means to be lunch pail and why that is apropos to the Seattle Kraken and certainly to the four teams left in World Juniors. As I say always, please be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. We never know what others are going through, so let's be kind. And we hold fast. We stay true. And let's go Kraken. And of course, all Kraken prospects. Until tomorrow, this is Erica Ayala signing out. Peace.